I'm back in the saddle again. Broadcasting live on Better Horses Network. Sharon Camarillo's fun and fast times. Nobody holds a candle to me in my red high heels. Join National Hall of Famer and author Sharon Camarillo as she inspires, educates, and entertains while exploring the fastest growing equine sport, barrel racing. Get information from top trainers, competitors, and equine educators. Tips on training, competition, hauling, nutrition, and more. And now, live from the beautiful San Joaquin Valley of California, here's your host, Sharon Camarillo. It's great to be back in studio. Thank you all for joining us on Star Worldwide Network. Thanks to our producer, Rob Trigg and Debbie Wood Matthews for joining me in the studio. Oh my God, what a ride we've been on since our shutdown in March. It's amazing. It's August. Thought so many things would be taken care of by now, and it just seems to stay status quo. In a normal year, this season represents a two-minute warning for our top national finals contenders. And also for fans wanting to confirm reservations and their plans for December. This is our 62nd annual Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, but that's December in the old days. And as cowboys and cowgirls and rodeo fans know it today, it's all up in the air. It's no news to any of us who are vested in the world of rodeo and Western sports This is not a normal year. It's a COVID-19 where nothing in our world of competition is normal. Over 90 traditional time-tested events, including our biggest state fairs and our livestock shows have been canceled, including Houston, Calgary, Pendleton, Cheyenne. It's amazing. And when we hear that those big rodeos and livestock shows are canceled, It changes so many plans. For an example, Nellie Miller, a former world's champion, was waiting for her next Super Series in Houston. Nine days into 20-day run for the Houston Livestock Show, the county shuts it down. Nellie's from California. She's sitting in Texas, and it changes her whole year, and it just got worse from there. 2020 represents my 46th consecutive NFR as a competitor, as a commentator, a vendor, a rodeo fan. And though I may have more connections than some, when asked what our season's end is looking like, I'll tell you what, my guess is as good or bad as any. What the fall holds for rodeo competitors, Las Vegas events, the Pro Rodeo Cowboys and Women's Pro Rodeo Association, our sponsors, the Cowboy Channel, It's all up in the air, and when it depends on county and state regulations regarding COVID-19, it changes daily. Though some things haven't changed in this topsy-turvy year that we're in, livestock needs to be fed, properties need to be managed, but for many pro horse trainers, competitors, stock contractors, contract acts, announcers, musicians, entertainers, without possibility of events, which comes with opportunities for employment, the times are tough. For some insight and speculation, I've invited an innovator in Western sports, a visionary who set the sport of team roping on its course to become the lucrative industry it is today. 
Stay with us. We'll be right back after this word from Barrel Racing Superstore with Bob Feist. The Barrel Racing Superstore is your one-stop shop, and we're here to help you. We have Rainsman bits, including Sharon's entire collection and those hard-to-find discontinued favorites that we're committed to keeping in stock. You can build the saddle of your dreams with our experts, including seat size, tooling, and colors, so you can have a truly custom saddle. If you need electronic timers for your arena or association, we have them. Call us at 530-521-4644 or go to BarrelRacingSuperstore.com. We're here for your success. I'm excited to introduce our guest today. Bob Feist has been an event producer for over 40 years, well-respected for implementing the Bob Feist Invitational Team Roping, known as the richest one-day open roping in the world. Bob's a unique businessman who sees an opportunity and puts it into action. In the 60s, he innovated the Roper Sports News, a result-based, information-rich, one-of-a-kind paper directed to team ropers, and over 40 years later, it's still in print. Today, Bob is active in Western sports as a commentator, and he's always had a love for cattle ranching, but in today's world where we see our grazing land turn into farmland, Bob now grows Zen and Merlot grapes in his beautiful ranch in the Central Valley of California. He's a busy man. He's got lots of interests and thousands of friends. And if all of that isn't enough, he's president of the most prestigious Western men's trail riding organization in the world, the Ranchero Vistadores. It's an honor to welcome my friend and my neighbor, Bob Feist. Welcome to Fun and Fast Times, Bob. Now, Sharon, great. It's good to be with you today. Uh, I'm glad. This is kind of a unusual year we've had here in 2020. Well, it's interesting, and you're a man of many talents and interests, Bob. Where does this phone call find you today? Oh, I hate to admit it, but I'm sitting on my patio looking out over the vineyard. Normally, when we do something like this, we have a little prep work and sometimes wardrobe and makeup, but uh, not the case here today, and it's kind of comfortable. I'll have to say that for 2020, that it's kind of ceased some of our travels that we've been used to in our lifestyle over the years, and Sometimes after you get through the withdrawals, you don't miss those airports and rent a car that much in hotels. My last big show was at the Lazy E at the Time Event Championship in the first part of March with Justin McKee and myself announced there. And after that, it just seemed to go downhill from there as far as events go. Yeah, it's funny when I call you and ask you what you're doing and you're driving a tractor. Yeah. That's the norm these days. That's kind of good therapy, as Bob Tolman says. You know, my tractor's my way to get away. I can't hear the phone, and uh, <laughs> I have to pay attention to what I'm doing. It's like that song, She Loves My Tractor. You know, Bob, I have to ask you, what's it like to be recognized literally all over the world as the father of team roping productions and organizations as we know them today? Well, it's quite an honor, and it wasn't ever designed that way. It's just when I first started team roping, I noticed that uh, we went to a roping that wasn't there. In fact, Bob Coleman was with us. We all went to Oakland, Nevada, and they had canceled the roping. And so I asked those guys, how do you know where these things are before you just take off and travel? Because this was way before cell phones and those type of things. And they said, well, it's just word of mouth and postcards. And that's basically what it was. If you went to Arizona... 
you went to the classified of your local newspaper, and that was quite a deal. You'd go there and look under ropings, and you could find out where all the jackpot ropings were for the day. But basically, team roping in those days was California and Arizona, and New Mexico had some, of course, but uh, didn't get full-fledged in rodeo till late in the 70s and 80s when it really took off. That's kind of where it was, and I started Roper Sports News as kind of a whim. I was working at Jack Parnell with the California Cattlemen at the time, and said, well, you ought to start a magazine, and I got looking into a magazine, and I thought that was way too above and beyond the team ropers. All we needed was a newsletter that stated where the ropings were going to be and what they were going to be for and who won them, and that's kind of how the Roper Sports News started. Over the years, it's carried on. We're in our 52nd year, and Stephanie Anderson has been the general manager. has done an excellent job there in the office, and her and Jenny Vasquez now carry the load. I I don't write much there, but the checks, it seems like. So. <laughs> well, it's a good tax write-off, too, but we won't tell the IRS that, right? No, no, right. <laughs> you know, Bob, it's interesting. You know, we're amongst that generation that can remember when team roping was literally California, Nevada, you know, like you say, some uh, New right. Mexico. Being in the rodeo business, being on the professional rodeo trail at that time, you know, our Texas friends would come up from Texas and Team roping will never get started in Texas. And my word, where we were the hub of team roping at one time, our neighbors all had roping arenas. Now they've all moved down to Stephenville in the heart of Texas. And that's where barrel racing and team roping is today. Great point. Very good point. Yeah, I remember uh, we took the BFI, started at Chowchilla and uh, the Bob Place Invitational in 77. And we were there three years and we went to Las Vegas. And then from there, we went on into Texas. And I was just premature in Texas. Team roping was not that popular, but Johnny Smith built a beautiful arena there at Smith Brothers. And we had the thing there one year, but it wasn't that much of a success because team roping just wasn't that popular. And that was back in 19. 19- 81. Then later we moved it back out here to the West Coast to Reno, where it's been ever since until this year because of the COVID moved and uh, the new owners of the VFI, Corky Ullman and Darren Peterson, opted to move it to the Lazy E and it was quite successful back there in Oklahoma. That's the first time it's been out of Reno in over 20 years. So. Well, not to leave the women out of this conversation, you know, I know the BFI is known as the richest one-day team roping, but I think I won the barrel race at the first Bob Feist in 1977 in Chowchilla. I have a picture with Mike Beers and you, and you're presenting me with a beautiful bouquet of flowers. Yeah, that, uh, in those days <laughs> we did have barrel race. We only had 40 teams that would be invited. It was right next to the Chowchilla Airport. It was quite nice. The planes would land there, and we had the cyclone fence cut down and Benny Benyon was great enough to loan us his stagecoach and we'd run the stagecoach over to the airport and anybody that flew in we'd pick them up in the stagecoach and drive them back over to the arena. Quite the show. You are quite the showman and like I said earlier you know a master of promotion. Rumor has it and you know Stephanie Reynolds is a great friend and every once in a while she gives me a little whisper about things and rumor has it that you started your career as a bull rider. What sparked your interest in team roping? Yeah, bull riding wasn't the only way I was going to make the whistle is carry my own when I nodded my head. I think. <laughs> yeah, I had a little rough time there. I did uh, make the whistle a couple of times, but 
Yeah, I uh, have two round the bottom, I think, for that bull riding event. But, and that was when I was in high school and junior high. I remember I got the coach said, you're either going to have to play football or ride bulls, one of the two. And I opted to still continue to try and ride bulls, which never worked very good. And tried barebacks a couple of times. Then I got away from it. I went to college of all things in Oklahoma State and actually got away from the rodeo for a bit. And then I did enter the bull riding back there a little bit, a couple of college rodeos. But I wasn't on the rodeo team or anything. I got out of college. I was in Oklahoma for a while managing a restaurant in Oklahoma City because I had majored in hotel and restaurant management. The drafts were still in effect at that time. I was about to get drafted in the Army, but I chose to enlist the day before I got drafted because I heard your chances of going to officer school were better that way. And they were. And I went to officer school and became an infantry officer in the Army. And I got stationed right back out in the West Coast in Fort Ord. And some friends of mine uh, roped, and I would go out to those team ropings a little bit with them. And then the next thing I knew, I learned how to spin a rope a little bit. And Bill Jacobs, who was a professor there at Cal Poly, we got visiting. We started roping, and uh, I'd go out to his ranch and rope and learn a little bit about team roping. And I surveyed a little bit and found out you could team rope for a lot of years. You can't ride bulls that many years. So that's how I got involved in team roping. And, the rest is history from then on, and uh, I want to praise all the great producers that have come along and started the new different kind of associations and, and ways of handicapping people. There's been several of those organizations over the years, and they've done a phenomenal job of, of taking team roping way above what I ever estimated it. I'm, I'm glad that it went that way. I guess I got the ball started, but other guys have pushed the ball and kept it rolling for many, many years. And they're the ones that should get the credit. Well, I admire you, and I have to thank you for your service. That's really nice that you introduced that portion of your life. You know, but when we talk about our producers and Western sports and timed event, did you ever, in your wildest imagination, think that we'd see the course that this year has taken? I mean, even as you mentioned earlier, the BFI left its home in Reno, and moved to the Lazy E, hopefully for a year, but who knows? I know that it was hugely popular. Yeah, this year has just been totally, totally different, and I feel so much for the people that are younger in our rodeo society that make their living. The contract acts, people that have devoted their whole life, as young as it is, in high school and junior rodeo, to go into pro rodeo, and then they get snubbed with this, that they don't have any rodeos to go to, and so very hard year, especially for stock contractors. Uh, those animals have to eat regardless if you're using them or not. I think the only good thing that's come out of 2020 is you can wear a mask and hide some of your wrinkles if you're my age, but that's about it. <laughs> well, looking forward, Bob, I know that our friends and fans would really like some of your insight in the direction that our Wrangler National Finals Rodeo may have to take under the direction of COVID. I also know that South Point Hotel and Casino remains your home away from home anytime you're in Las Vegas. Would you be the professional you are and lead us into a commercial break and a shout out to our friends at South Point? I would love to, and you're right. It is my home away from home, the South Point Hotel and Casino and Equestrian Center. If you want a good room for your horse or your animal, if it's beef or Cheap, whatever you're showing, many of the events they have down there, it's a South Point in Las Vegas, Nevada.
The South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa is legendary for its old-fashioned Las Vegas hospitality. Thank you to owners Michael and Paula Gone, who treat every guest like family. The South Point Equestrian Center and Preferred Pavilion is host to equestrian events of all disciplines, including the headquarters each December for the National Finals Rodeo and the United States Team Roping Finals. Definitely the place to be, not only during the NFR, but throughout the year. Make sure to check out the list of top entertainers and activities for the entire family, including bowling alleys, theater, award-winning food, great gaming tables, and loose slots. Make the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa your first stop on your next trip to Nevada. As an announcer, former PBR commentator and voice of the Timed Event Championship, what do you see as obstacles that we're facing and directions that we may see implemented in December for the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo? Oh, sure. I think it's way too early to make a call on that. I, if you talk to anybody in Las Vegas, they wish they knew the answer as well. All of us wish we knew the answers two months ago where this was going to go. And it's got to every day you turn the news on and you look for something positive. And it just seems that this is a lifestyle that we're going to share here for a while. In our country, in the United States of America, if the election is going to make any difference or not. But when you look at this as a worldwide situation, it's just something that has really change the whole highway and status of rodeo for sure. This event probably got hit more than anything. But now there is a lot of rodeos that are going on. The contestants are able to go to them. But I was talking to Clayton Bigelow's father yesterday, Russ Bigelow, and Russ brought up a good point. He said, trouble the contestants are having is all the best contestants are at every rodeo because there's not 650 rodeos out there this year. There's a handful of rodeos that are going on. And when they do have them, the guys that are on the top and rodeo for a living are all there. That's good for the audience. It's a plus that they're getting to see the best of the best. But they're all competing for the same dollars. And you know, as a former competitor, as well as I do, when going got tough, you ducked off a little bit and you went somewhere else and got a few bucks where you knew the tough guys weren't going to be there or the tough barrel racers. And you could pick up and get your confidence going as well as some traveling dollars. And those things aren't happening today because nobody's ducking off because there's nowhere to duck off to. So unlike any other sport, you, know, you don't see these major league ball players being able to run down and play a couple college games and get their confidence back up and get a win out of the belt. So that's what I think the rodeo industry is up against right now. Las Vegas, my goodness, I feel for those poor people because there's a town that, as far as I'm concerned, they've always been in control of their own destiny, Las Vegas had. They started it that way, and it was run by Las Vegas. And I go back to the early years of the old casino proprietors and the Lamb family and many of the people and the movies that you watch about Vegas, they are so true. It was a city that controlled its own destiny right now or it's out of their hands, and they're waiting. And you have to look at the fact that where the Thomas and Mac is, it's on a state-owned property. It's on a university. They have many things to consider. And as far as social distancing in a building like that, anybody that's been to the NFR knows how it is walking down that corridor and going <laughs> to your seat. Yeah, far from social distancing for sure. And the same thing falls in the hands. If they had it in an arena and tried to do it virtual, 
the hotels still have to follow the rules of social distancing. So it makes it very tough that way. We've got a lot of creative people in our industry. Of course, when you speak of rodeo, we've talked before about it. As much as it dominates our life, it really is a pretty small factor in the big world. And then we hear the news, like you say, the economic condition in Great Britain is disaster. And then, my word, when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 college footballs postponed to spring, that's bigger than rodeo. So it's amazing. I guess it's what it is, is what, hide and wait? And I know there'll be reservations to be made and plans may change. And and I know I love staying in the hotels and watching the rodeo without going right down into the Coliseum itself. But it's a new world for us. The other thing, it's a new world. And those people that have been in the past successful in the rodeo industry and find a year that maybe is towards the end of their career, they have made the decision this year and gone home and seeked another career. And maybe, I hate to use this word around rodeo contestants, but some of them have found jobs and uh, some have carried on a career (laughs) through their college degrees that they got and some are going and being family men. Say the ones I feel the most sorry for, I think, are the young contestants that have come along. You know, you take somebody that's 19 to 22 years old that has just done nothing to dream about going down and making the Ranger National Finals and being a world's champion, and all of a sudden, this gets thrown at them to where it's out of their control. They have nowhere to go. For us here at Roper Sports News, the jackpot, Stephanie Anderson was telling me this morning that they're phenomenal as far as the numbers go at the ropings and also uh, at the barrel racing. And talking to some of our advertisers that are purveyors, they say they have done record years on the sales they have made at these events. That's very interesting that that things like that are going on and people are just wanting to get out of the house and go to an event. Fortunately, uh, the jackpots, they can go ahead and continue on with social distancing and do a fairly good job there. That's exactly what I've seen in the barrel racing jackpots. You know, jackpots normally that would have 45 or 70 riders are having 160. It's amazing. And yes. I, I don't mean to laugh about our rodeo cowboys and cowgirls, you know, that ugly four letter word, W O R K. We both feel like we've never worked a day, even though we've, you know, ridden horses and planned our trips and driven from Washington to Mississippi and from South Texas to Dakotas and loved every moment of it. I've got uh, standings as of August 9th, 120 contestants, of course, eight different events representing 24 states this year, 27 reigning and Hall of Fame champions. Hey, let's have some fun with the top 15 each event and bring out some of our superstars that we're seeing. How about the bareback riding? I guess I can guess where your fan goes to. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we both root for our neighbor, Clayton Bigelow, who's from Clements, California, and last year's reigning champion. And he's been there four times. This would make his fifth. He's in seventh at this time. and looks like he'll go back. But when we look over the leaders, Tim O'Connell, three times world champion and has been there many times. Casey Fields right behind him, four-time world champion. There's seven world titles sitting in first and second. Then we have some newcomers, Jamie Hollett. He's uh, from Rapid City and knew and has not qualified before. So but then Tilden Hooper, he's a six times qualifier. Owen Larson, five times. Mason Clements, two times. You go down the line, R- R- Richmond Champion, five times. And Ty Brewer, five times. Jake Brown, five times. Win- They're all in the top 15. 
there's really nobody that's out of it, I don't think, right now. That It's on the bubble when you look at the top 20. They do have a couple new rookies in there, Jesse Pope and Chad Rutherford, along with uh, Jamie Howland, and uh, Leighton Berry as well from Weatherford, Texas. They may get in there, but there's quite a spread. You know, Tim O'Connell's in the lead with 105,000, but Casey's right behind him at 75. And who knows, that's the big question this year, is the national finals going to be as lucrative as it's been in the past. If they doesn't go to Vegas, it goes somewhere else. Are the go-rounds going to pay that outstanding amount that they've paid in the years past? Are you going to be able to win the world just making the finals and come in there in 15th and win the world? I don't know. It's all to be said yet. An interesting comment in the fact that you see a thirty or $50,000 differentiation between third and fourth or first and second, whatever, and you think, oh, well, that's only one go around. I can catch that up, yeah. not to mention I'll get a spot in the average pretty easy to pick up that difference. It's interesting. It's not taking the money this year that it's taken in the past years to qualify for the National Finals Rodeo. Those big stock shows that canceled with those big bonuses like Calgary and Houston, of course, that makes a difference. You know, on the good note, on the fun note, I just have to send a shout out out to our neighbor, Clayton Bigelow, and his soon-to-be bride, Annie Rose Seifert. So not only are they rodeo and competing top 15, but they're also living their life, and I love that. What do you see in the steer wrestling, Bob? The steer wrestling is, again, got quite a field of people that we've seen in the past. Uh, you know, Matt Reeves is in there. Got our woman's back again, back in there. There's a $35,000 split between first and second there. But you go down to the 12th man, there's 31000 Blake Knowles. So who knows what's going to happen when, when you get down into that area. But there's some great contestants in there and uh, names from the past as well that will be in there and be in the competition. It's interesting on the family side. It's fun to see children and grandchildren of friends of ours like Jace Melvin from the famous Melvin family in South Dakota. Of course, uh, I believe it's his sister that's Miss Rodeo America. That's an interesting situation this year, Bob, because they've postponed the Miss Rodeo America coronation and pageant for a year. The reigning Miss Rodeo America will carry through into 21 because she didn't get the travel that actually Miss Rodeo America does for us. There's such a great promotion for professional rodeo. And so I, I like the Miss Rodeo America organization for allowing Miss Rodeo America to carry her title one more year. Shout out wow. to little Jace Melvin that's in fifth place. And of course, Blake Knowles, you know, I mean, his dad's Butch Knowles and former world champion saddle bronc rider. And we know him as a rodeo commentator today. Don't see any names that aren't supposed to be in these top 15. Hey, let's no, go into team no. roping. I'm a little more versed gonna, on that. I think. Yeah, I'm going to turn that over to you, and I'll take the barrel race so we can make fools of ourselves one way or another in our speculation. So go ahead with the team roping. Of course, Luke Brown is in control right now at 80,000, almost 90,000. He has 12 times been to the Wrangler National Finals, and he's over a $2 million winner plus. But he's followed by Clay Smith, the reigning champion. And Clay, of course, has been there five times. He's won two world titles. And he's roping with Jade Corfell again. And, and Jade has three titles. Um, and that is his healer this year. So they're in great contention. You go down the line, you got guys that have qualified so many times. Colby Lovell, six times. Destin Esquire, two times. Charlie Crawford, nine times. And 
Clay Tryon, 17 times he's qualified, and he's won three world titles. In fact, when you look through all the hitters, the people that have always gone down the road, and Matt Sherwood saw this year, little limited travel. You don't have to go to almost 100 rodeos for the year. You can go to a few that are having them and do it. So Matt broke back out. Chad Masters come back out. 11 out of the top 15 have been a world champion. So that's really something that represents 11 world championships. So over a third of the top 15 haven't won a title. And the ones that are out right now that have been in there in the past, they still have a chance. They aren't that far out the top 15. They're only like $4,000. I just don't know what these last few rodeos are going to do, if that's going to be enough in the heading division to get them up in there. Now, when we go to the healing, Jade Corkle, uh, three times he's been a world champion. He's been to the Wrangler National Finals ten times. Joseph Harrison, he's in second, been there three times. Jake Long's been nine times. He's in third. Logan Medlin, there's a new rookie coming in there from Tatum, New Mexico. Uh, you remember his dad, Jeff. Jeff Medlin was there a couple of times. And Travis Graves is in fifth. And he's been 11 times. Paul Eves has been eight times. Now, Levi Lord, there's a new name, and he's in the all-around standings as well. He's from Sturgis, South Dakota. He is sitting there in the healing division. Now, Junior Nagara, he's uh, six times. He's been to the Wrangler National Finals and, of course, has won the world in the team roping and the all-around championship. And then Shea Carroll, Buddy Hawkins, both have been there before a couple of times. And Wesley Thorpe, world champion, has been there four times. And then Tyler Worley one time. Now, Peyton Bray, there's another new rookie in the Bray family. He's been very well known in the roping industry for many years. And uh, Peyton has had a great year and has moved himself up into the top 15 now. Trey Yates has been there before, and he's back in there in the 15th place. So that's kind of a wrap on the team roping, Sharon. I think it's going to be interesting. It's split quite a bit between uh, first and second in the heading division because Luke Brown has 80,000. And then Clay Smith has 67. To the healing side, Jade Corkle is 67,000 at this point, and Joseph Harrison is 64, only 3,000 separating them. Uh, there's some big money yet to be had in this next month. Let me make a comment on the team roping, only in the fact that, you know, from 10 to 15, my word, there's only about $5,000 splitting those guys. And we know the next five, the top yeah. 20, uh, just pennies separating. But in the old days when you could win three, five, seven thousand or more, and today we're lucky at the jackpots and the different things that are counting for points, you know, they may not pay 1500 or 2000 So there's a lot of things that can change in the next couple of months before the cutoff, September 30th? Yes, it is. They uh, considered extending that, and uh, evidently, I think it was up to the contestants, and they, they opted not to, so they're keeping it September 30th. Everybody, of course, was hoping for that golden egg to come along and maybe have a vaccine and all this go away, but I don't foresee it myself. A lot of things have happened in our journey since we were shut down, what, around the 20th of March. I think we all kind of thought by August, September, by the fall, things would be returning to normal and whether or not we'll ever have, I guess, our new normal is what we're waiting to see. You mentioned the barrel race and, you know, we've got five rookies in the barrel race that never qualified for the national finals. But then, of course, we've got Brittany Posey, who's leading. She's got a pretty good lead, about a thousand dollars 
over second place Jimmy Smith, except I did see just in today's update that Haley Kinzel's moved into second place. And I'm pretty impressed with that girl. She rides a really nice mare sister. She's a good competitor, ranch raised, South Texas, great family. I have to commend Brittany Posey. I know a lot of our fans watch Yellowstone, and I loved it the other night when the Steiner family was on. And Rip says to Jimmy, says, you know, there's weekend rodeo, there's rodeo for a living, but this is business rodeo right here. And I can bring Brittany Posey into that because she's got a great breeding program and she's one of the few girls that's been able to take her skills from the fraternity derby industry and go back and forth into the pro rodeo. So she's legitimately in the lead. Haley Kinsel certainly going to give her a run for her money. I see Stevie Hillman is moving up. Jessica Rotier is moving up. Emily Miller moving up. I've been really intrigued with the lady that's sitting 13th, Wenda Johnson. And if you go to Facebook, you will see this woman make a run around the barrel pattern and win riding bareback. And as fate would have Hmm. it, I didn't realize I actually knew her. I want to call her for an interview on Fun and Fast Times. But her sister is a Mustang makeover champion. And those girls, I think there's three or four sisters in the Wilson family And they've been raised on good ponies, and they can do everything. But when I saw this girl go out and win a check, riding a horse bareback, not as a demonstration, but the rumor has it that she got to the race, they were calling her name, she jumped her horse out of her trailer, jumped on, and (laughs) and off she went. I was sold. That was amazing. And hence, then I saw a little Facebook about her, and she's uh, in the doctorate program. She's working on being a doctor. She's got three kids. She's got a husband, and he even brags about her dinners that she has time to cook. So that's a woman after my own heart. I'm thrilled to see Lisa Lockhart in the top 15. However, she's hanging on by her chinny chin chin in the 15th slot. Barrel racing is always exciting. Some new names, like I say, five rookies will be coming in. It should be a great race. And I think we got to watch this Ryan Perdone, which will be her first NFR. She's sitting in 16th place and recently won a rodeo for $4,000. She's rapidly advancing into the top 15. We see the names that we know are supposed to be there, and we've got some new ones we'll be watching. What do you see in the saddle bronc riding, Bob? We've got a good field in there as well, and, and of course, many names that we are familiar with. Uh, Zeke Thurston down in ninth, rides in second. Wyatt Casper, um, Texas, is way out in the lead right now by 75000 no, about $60,000. But we know all that can change. The Wright family still in there. Rusty Wright is in 13th. Spencer Wright is in 14th. But that's just three of them. And you you expect to see more W's on this roster when you look at it. Sterling and Jacob Crowley sitting in there, 7th and 8th. And they're great. Shorty Garrett. I think that we see names in here that Isaac Diaz and and Dawson Hay, of course, has got sidelined. Uh, they say he may be back. He fractured his skull about three weeks ago, and hopefully we get that young man back because he's quite a talent, and that's Rod Hay's son. Why do you think okay. that in the saddle bronc riding, Wyatt's 143000 and Ryder Wright in second place is 75000 The saddle bronc riding has the biggest difference between first and second of all the events. So did Wyatt just jump out and win at the right places, one early before the shutdown? What, what do you think makes that difference? 
I think Wyatt must have won one of those big qualifying ones that counted earlier prior to all the regulations coming into effect. And uh, the right place at the right time. Well, when we and jump to the tie-down roping, it's going to be an interesting race. Chad Mayfield, of course, the son of Sylvester Mayfield, a former national finalist. That's an amazing kid, isn't it? We watched him at the American. And uh, yeah. he's $100,000 in the lead when I look at it, ahead of Tough Cooper. It was quite a split, and of course, uh, rodeoed with his father and uh, great talent as well. But Chad has is, is impressed me last year. I think he's going to be a force to reckon with for many years. This kid's just very smooth. And of course, tough. He doesn't travel as much. It, it's tough. I think it's harder on the timed event Cowboys than anyone because of the fact that when you're hauling that livestock, it's not easy to travel today. And for you people that are that haven't been traveling, I mean, I know some friends of mine flew back east the other day, and they were denied in their hotel because they had a California driver's license. It's not easy even stopping to get fuel. There's some places that you can pay at the pump, and that's it. You can't even go in the store. It's not fun like it used to be, <laughs> traveling up and down the road or just think, well, I'll stop at any hotel and some of these fairgrounds won't let you in with your livestock. There are just far more restrictions, I think, on the time eventers today than there is on a rough stock rider. That's a huge point. We had an event in Indiana. We flew into Chicago. We were warned that there were riots on the south side, so we went north to get to Indiana. But we thought, well, uh-huh. we'll just stop and get a Cracker Barrel, which I love. Coming from California, we don't get many opportunities there. And takeout only. And when you're on the road and you want to keep moving, you know, the takeout's fine, but every once in a while you want to slow down. But I have to go back to some of these hotels that are confiscating your driver's license for 14 days or, as you just said, turned clients away because they had a California driver's license. Well, maybe we should start a movement. California lives matter, too, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I want to back up on the Saddlebrook riding share. Wyatt Casper did win the American, so that, that's where his big hit came from. That yeah. puts Chad Mayfield and Wyatt Casper in that same category. Yes. That I Was it fifty yes. or or $100,000 that counted? I think it was 50000 of the American dollars counted for the PRCA standings. Well, if I was a gambling woman, I'd have to put my money on Sage Kimsey in the bull riding, six qualifications, six championships. He's pretty much got the recipe down. Do you think he can make it a seven? He just fits bull riding. I love his personality. His father and I traveled together years ago. In fact, we did the national finals together back in Oklahoma City. And it's always a pleasure to run into the family when we're in Las Vegas. And you're right. Sage, he's not worried where he's at right now. As long as he's in the top three or four, that's fine. Comes down to the finals. That just seems to be his holiday right there. There's not that many that are out of it that, that we aren't used to seeing. There is some new blood in there. It's going to be a good challenge. I'm I'm kind of impressed with the fact that they're going in so tight, the top three or four. There's only, uh, what, $8,000 separating between fourth and first. So that's a good race in a bull riding for once. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, bull riding, I'm sorry to say, is usually the event that I get to my truck after the <laughs> barrel race. But, you know, the Sage does make a draw and... I love the fact that he and Alexis Bloomer are going to be married here shortly. So that's another single man giving up his latitude to be able to make his own decisions. But he certainly makes the right ones in bull riding. Let's <laughs> not make a free it, agent let's, anymore. Right? I, I'm not going to go any further on that from a man that's never been married. 
No, I, I, no comment. But I do want to mention <laughs> Steer Open real quick, just so I can change the subject here fast. You mentioned a good name that we talk about, someone in Mr. Consistent. Trevor Brazil leading the steer uh, roping again, and Scott Snedeker right behind him. They're very close. They're only $500 apart between Trevor and Scott in the steer roping. I'm going to put my money on that 26 gold buckle. Yeah, I hear you. And when we talk about the all-around standing, and it was nice to see Trevor's name back up in there. And so he's going a little bit, but he's thoroughly enjoying home life. And he's involved in so many kid events now that he's keeping pretty busy with that family. I love it that, you know, we we see some newlyweds. And in September, I think, is when the baby's coming for Dakota Eldridge. And his beautiful wife, Quincy Freeman, they're expecting a baby. And we've got a couple of weddings coming up. And like we say, you know, 26 gold buckles, 25 in this pocket and one on the way for Trevor. And he's still maintaining life. I love it. We're going to see familiar names going forward. Some of the names I'm not familiar with, and I love your introduction to them. Few remaining competitions that are still waiting for approval to go forward. They never know when they're going to be canceled. Lots of things can change in the top 15 before 220 and the cutoff September 30th. Yeah, we're looking at six weeks yet, and Trevor's setting forth in the all-around race right now. That tough trooper's in control at that point, and uh, then Clay Smith right behind him, Stetson right in third. You mentioned Eli Lord earlier. Uh, he's in team roping. His dad was J.B. Lord, and his cousin is Ailey Lord. She's a barrel racer. She's done good in that competition. Another great family name as far as uh, the competitors that you see at the top of the leaderboard. Well, we certainly know a spot in the top 15 can make or break a competitor's entire year, especially this year when they're having to keep pennies together. Things are so expensive and not a lot of big prize money available can change a competitor's entire life. Bob, I know you're busy. I know you're in your shorts. You probably have a tractor running or at least the dogs want to take a ride. And I want to thank you for joining me and sharing your experiences, your insight with our rodeo fans on Fun and Fast Times. Any closing words from a man who's been there, done that, that you'd like to leave us with? I think, you've got, Sharon, you've got me back in the mood to go to a rodeo. I, uh, I get busy around here and I've kind of got to where I put it on the side burner, but when we get talking about it all like this and start going over the names that you and I know so well, you want to get back in the mix and get after this thing and see the year deal. I wish everybody safe travels that are traveling out there and the best of health to all your families uh, here in this COVID state and, and try and do your part to, to protect your family and anybody that you come in contact with as well. Try and support your local businesses as much as you can. It's it's tough today, I know, but if if you can do something to think about some of your people that you've done business with in the past, and if there's something that you think you can contribute to their source of revenue, go ahead and pick up your phone, give them a call, and order something to go, or send your laundry in, or get your hair done on the sidewalk. Do something like that. But happy 2020 to everybody, and I hope this thing turns around a little bit. Sharon, it's been a pleasure being with you, and thank you. Oh, thank you, Bob. I really appreciate you taking your time from your always full day to join us with insight and on the coming events and difficult decisions surrounding our National Finals Rodeo. I'll see you soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Bob Feist. We'll be right back. It's the stars and the more like Chris. Pull your hat down tight. 
thank you to our producer from Star Worldwide Network, Rob Trigg, and our director, Debbie Wood Matthews. A shout out to our friends at Wrangler and Yeti, and to Michael and Paula Gone at the South Point Hotel and Casino, those folks in Las Vegas. We just think some of us have it rough, and they have big shoes to fill trying to keep their businesses open and running. Also to Rainsman Equestrian, and thank you Barrel Racing Superstore for the great selection of barrel racing and horsemanship directed equipment. Most important, I want to thank each one of you, our listeners. We're in this together from riding, roping, pleasure, or rodeo horses. It's amazing what we've experienced. This 2020 will certainly be a year to look back on. And thank you for honoring your passions and our lifestyle, Western lifestyle. You can contact us at SharonCamario.com or join us on Facebook for more fun and fast times. In the meantime, I'm going to elaborate on what Bob said. Be safe, be well, be blessed. Thanks for joining Sharon today. If you have any questions or comments, you can always reach out to Sharon at SharonCamarillo.com or email RafterCProductions at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on Fun and Fast Times with Sharon Camarillo, part of Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks. I